You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of the podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Hope you all are doing well. Plenty to get to ahead on today's show. We open up the Twitter mailbag, answer your questions, submit it via social media as well as via email on a Twitter Tuesday. We'll also catch you up on a lot of other BYU news out there, including women's basketball. How did they do it in their two-day rematch against San Diego? We'll break all of it down ahead on today's show. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends at Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. All right, let's dive in. Let's roll. This is a Tuesday edition right here on Locked On Cougars for January 25th, 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are your only daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. It's kind of a rare thing about this, I feel like, is that I do this show daily. So thank you for joining us daily. Those of you guys who check out, check us out from time to time, I regardless, whenever you can check out the show, I love when you guys interact with us. And that's where we're going to spend the majority of our show today is letting you guys have your questions answered. We do this on Tuesdays typically. We call it Twitter Tuesday, but not all of our questions come from Twitter. They come from various social media channels. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search out Locked On Cougars. Also get a lot of things via email, questions, concerns, comments, advertising inquiries, whatever you've got. You can email us. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address for the show. And as always, my own personal Twitter feed is like the way I way in there. Jacob C. Hatch is the handle. Love hearing from you guys. All right, let's start off today with a question from Twitter, and I think it's an interesting one because it goes back to a topic we talked about last week on the podcast, and I think it's something that's absolutely something that needs to be addressed here because I look at this and think, okay, this absolutely is a thing that we need to talk about because I think it's going to be a raging debate as BYU gears up to go into the Big 12. What am I talking about? Well, this comes via Cade Dallin, our good friend at Dalcade. He says, he tweets at me, Jacob C. Hatch, I'm a little behind on my podcast, but listening to Locked On Cougars from last week, I guess I'm in the minority thinking that the best divisions for the new Big 12 are East and West. Oklahoma and Texas can be messed with, but when it's all said and done, I want this. In the East, Cincinnati, West Virginia, UCF, Iowa State, Kansas, and Kansas State. In the West, BYU, Oklahoma State, TCU, Baylor, Texas Tech, Houston. Now that's interesting. He says it feels like a cumulative win for traveling and not dividing natural rivals. Now, Cade, I completely understand what you're talking about because, yes, you keep the Texas-centric geographic things there. You keep those traditional rivals together with Kansas and Kansas State. But the thing about this is I'm feeling more and more, this is just my personal opinion, thinking more and more about this, is this is what's going to happen, I think, what happened with the Pac-12. Many of you might recall, and... I'm reticent to bring this up, but the University of Utah, when they joined Colorado and joining the Pac-12, there was a major concern when the Pac-12 split into divisions that the California schools and the teams outside of California were not going to have the access in particular to Southern California that they were hoping and wishing for because they understand it's an absolute talent hotbed. Now, the overall skill talent uh, that you can draw that area can be debatable, but there's no doubt it produces more than its fair share of high school talent. And these 
programs. I'm talking about teams like Washington State, the Oregon schools. I Utah and uh, Colorado absolutely had to understand this. They needed to play games in Southern California to give themselves the eyeballs they were looking for. Obviously, with Colorado and Utah, they had the advantage of being in that South Division and being able to play against USC or UCLA every single year in Southern California, so you kept that there. The Pac-12 North, they kept the California schools in the Bay Area, both Cal and uh, Stanford up there, but those teams, they're still on a rotation where they're able to travel and play in Southern California on a fairly regular basis. I think this may end up being one of the sticking points with regards to how things are going to lay out in the Big 12 because Texas is a massive recruiting base, maybe the biggest recruiting base in the entire country of the United States of America. It is absolutely gigantic. There is talent all across the state from Dallas, Fort Worth to Houston, which is actually the fourth fourth largest city in America, crazy enough to think about. You get over to San Antonio, Austin, up into Lubbock. There's just talent left, right, center, middle, medium, whatever you want to call it in Texas. There's a ton of talent. I do wonder if programs like an Oklahoma State, a Cincinnati, Iowa State, who understand that Texas is a big part of their recruiting base, how much they are going to insist on the fact that they need to have access to playing in Texas on a regular basis. I understand splitting into divisions, you're going to have uh, cross-division matchups, which will allow teams, if you form a division that has all the Texas schools in it, the other division will have games where they play in Texas, but do they want to have that annual access? That is a big question I think needs to be addressed. I'm not 100% certain which way things will go on that. I like the idea of being able to split up Texas because you'd uh, be able to maybe push Houston and then I'm trying to think, would Baylor be the other one? Maybe Baylor. You push them into an Eastern division, whereas you keep uh, Texas Tech and TCU in the West. It's not perfect. Let me be very, very blunt about that. It's never going to be perfect in this uh, scenario of aligning divisions. The one thing I do wonder about, and this is just, this is off in the weeds. This is kind of a tangent to what we've been talking about here. And Kate, hopefully I'm addressing what you're looking at because I actually like the way you lay things out. I'm sincerely wondering if the future of the Big 12 involves getting to 14 teams after Texas and Oklahoma leave, adding two more schools. If you're going to do that, I am of the opinion you need to find a Western partner for BYU, whether that is Boise State, whether it's Air Force, Colorado State, somebody in the Western part of the country, in the Intermountain West, is critical, I think, for BYU to have a Western anchor, and it allows the conference to keep that late-night TV window when BYU is playing somewhere else in the conference. So, I think if you're going to get back to 14, one of those teams absolutely needs to be in the West. Now, the other team, obviously, out there, a lot of people think it's going to be Memphis, probably, they would join the Big 12. I am of the opinion if USF, South Florida, the Bulls, if they can get their crap together, they'd actually be a perfect addition to anchor Florida and open up that recruiting ground even more so for the Big 12. So, you could go to the far east and the far west extremes of the conference to add your 13th and 14th members. I would guess it'd probably be Boise State, but maybe an Air Force decides it wants to jump up. Maybe Colorado State gets their crap together. You need to find somebody in the West, and I am of the opinion that USF would actually be a very nice addition. The war on I-4 would absolutely be a welcome addition, I think, as a rivalry to the Big 12, but USF has got to get their crap together. They have been an absolute crap show for some time now. So, Cade, I have expounded on this at length. Hopefully, I have addressed at least in some small part how things are laying out, but the more I have thought about this and your question about this, the the tweet you sent in, maybe think about it further. 
I do wonder if this could go back to what we experienced with the Pac-12, where teams across the conference, they want regular annual access to the state of Texas to get their brand into that state. Now, I understand that BYU probably is one of the schools that is going to be like, okay, well, we can bear with not necessarily having that access annually, but we all know that the OGs, the original 10, or, or whatever you want to call them, of the Big 12, the original 8, I guess the, the, the scorned 8, the hateful 8, whatever you want to call them, they understand what Texas has done for them. So they absolutely want that access. I just do wonder how much that access is going to be critical to future success in the Big 12 with regards to recruiting. I think we're seeing BYU make inroads. They're recruiting some kids uh, from Oklahoma, Florida in this recruiting cycle. you got a runway here. You've got to start making inroads in those various areas. Get to the Midwest, get to Texas, get to Florida, get to the upper Midwest with Cincinnati, go to West Virginia for a crying out loud. I don't know how much West Virginia has in terms of talent, but hey, get into these recruiting grounds, start getting your name in these households. So that way, these young men that are coming up through the ranks, they know what BYU is all about and they know that they can play high level football out here in the mountains in Provo. So hopefully, Cade, that answered your question and we'll get to more questions here in just a moment. First though, today's show is brought to you in part by our friends at Bet Online. They'd like to wish you guys obviously a new happy, new happy betting year as we are continuing their march in the playoffs. What a crazy divisional round we had over the weekend and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. Of course, it's a new year, and that means uh, new things. A new updated desktop and mobile website awaits you guys at betonline.ag, which you can go to and sign up for free at today. Yes, sign up for free, and also while you're there, make sure you receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just be sure to use the promo code Locked On to get started with that. It's a 50% welcome bonus. Think about it. You uh, put down 100 bucks, you're going to get 150 bucks to play with. It's simple math, folks, and it's free money, courtesy of our friends at Bet online from football to basketball hockey boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 as bet online remains your fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports that's betonline.ag using the promo code locked on for that 50 percent welcome bonus from our friends at bet online where the game starts Thanks for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. All right, continuing on now with our Twitter Tuesday edition of the show, answering your guys' questions. Our next question comes in via email, and it comes from David, and I think it's one I thought we would have an answer to at this point already. And let me explain. The The question comes in regarding Jackson Dart, and obviously Jackson Dart in the transfer portal, the former Roy slash Corner Canyon High product here in Utah, absolutely stellar player. Had enjoyed a very successful true freshman campaign at USC. Entered the transfer portal after the expected addition of Caleb Williams to the USC football program. I was of the opinion and I was kind of under the impression that we were going to have an answer as to where he was going to continue playing college ball this past weekend. And David sent in this email, and I'm recording this Monday night, so this came in today, and he says, Jake, I noticed that Lane Kiffin, according to reports, was in Utah today to visit Jackson Dart. What does that mean for BYU's chances of landing Dart? Now, I don't pertain to know what a visit from Lane Kiffin would indicate. Does that mean he came in to secure the the agreement, the the 
the commitment? I, I don't know. I'm of the opinion Lane Kiffin is just coming to Utah to give it final sales pitch to Jackson Dart. That is my personal opinion on this. I am still of the opinion that BYU is playing behind the eight ball with regards to where Jackson Dart's going to play his future ball. Jackson Dart would fit in perfectly at BYU. I absolutely believe he'd be one of, if not the most overall talented quarterback in BYU's quarterback room should he come to BYU. But the lure of playing for a guy like Lane Kiffin or going to Oklahoma and playing for Venables and Jeff Levy, those are really, really strong pulls. And I still believe that those two are the favorites to land Jackson Dart at this time, David. Let me be very clear about that. I think that if it were the decision today, I think he's playing either for the Sooners or the Rebels next month. And I'm not counting out a potential return to USC. I had a person that's more in the know about this over the weekend bringing that up and saying that, Jake, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Jackson Dart goes out, makes his visits, sees what's out there, and decides that USC is where he wants to be. And you have to recall, and this person also mentioned this to me, and I know that guys like Jeff Hansen, a Cougar Sports Insider, had brought this up on his podcast, Give Him Hell Brigham. This young man, speaking of Jackson Dart, he is not afraid of competition. Think about it. He went to USC when they had a presumed Heisman Trophy candidate, a three-year starter in Keaton Slovis, entrenched to that position. They also brought in another four-star prospect in Miller Moss from a nearby local prep powerhouse down there in Southern California. And Jackson Dart said, okay, I'll go take those guys on. And what did he do? He prevailed. He knocked out uh, Keaton Slovis, and it was obviously due to some injury concerns as well for Keaton Slovis, but his overall ineffective play for Slovis doomed him as Jackson Dart took over that starting position. Miller Moss never got close to seeing the field that season. What an incredible accomplishment that was. I think that speaks to what Jackson Dart's mindset is. This is a young man who understands that competing for a job is important, but he also, I think, understands that when the presumed what do you want to call it, golden boy of uh, Oklahoma, Caleb Williams, is potentially going to follow his head coach that made him a star at Oklahoma. We're talking about Lincoln Riley. When, when you're going to follow him to USC, the writing's kind of on the wall that you're fighting an uphill battle. You likely are not going to win. So Jackson probably went out and started looking around. And I think that the longer the Caleb Williams saga continues where he has not announced where he's going to play, I am still fully expecting to see him playing at USC, but it sounds like LSU could be in play for that kid. There's so many different options there. I think the longer the Caleb Williams saga plays out and the longer that he doesn't commit to USC, I think USC, a return to USC for Jackson Dart is in the cards. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm not reporting anything. I am just stating my personal opinion on this matter. I can tell you this much. Having talked with enough people around BYU about this, BYU feels like they put their best foot forward and gave Jackson Dart a lot to think about. Do I think he picks BYU in my heart of hearts? I do not. Let me be very clear about that. He already left the state once going to USC. Why would he come home now when he's got all these other options? Jackson Dart has been very open. Uh, I don't Maybe not open, but he's been very explicit in wanting to play on the biggest stage Stages. And BYU going into the Big 12 absolutely offers some big stages. But at the same time, when you're going to Oklahoma, when they're going to jump into the SEC at some point, Ole Miss is already in the SEC. Those are the biggest of the big stages. You can go play for them. And in the case of Ole Miss, well, with Matt Corral exiting, you're probably, what, the number one guy undisputedly playing for the Rebels? And Lane Kiffin, if there's one thing Lane Kiffin is, he is an absolute savant when it comes to offensive coaching. And he can make a quarterback look so good. Think about what Matt Corral looked like for Ole Miss. Think about the different quarterbacks who have played for Lane Kiffin across all of his various stops. He has made quarterbacks 
quarterback play one of the hallmarks of his head coaching tenure. Yes, he has had some other issues that have forced him to lose jobs and leave other jobs, etc., But if there's one thing that Lane Kiffin can offer, he can offer you elite quarterback coaching and an opportunity to play in a high-flying, wide-open offense that you're going to put up all kinds of stats, and you are going to be the big man on campus as a quarterback playing for the Lane train. So... Hopefully that answers your question, David. But the longer this drags on, I think that BYU's still in it. Until you hear the BYU's out of it from the Dart family's mouth, you cannot count BYU out of it. But it is Jake Hatch's personal opinion that BYU is not where he ends up. I would absolutely love to see Jackson Dart suiting up for BYU because I believe that young man has all of the physical tools, the intangibles, everything you want to be the next Zach Wilson type. I believe he has the potential to be a top five NFL draft pick, and I am not alone in thinking that. That's why guys like Lane Kiffin, Brett Venables at Oklahoma, that is why these guys are working day and night to get him to their universities. BYU lands him. Count it your lucky stars because BYU just continued a rich legacy they have restored of quarterback play. QBU in Provo, it's back, folks. And it looks like the future could be very bright. The future's already bright because I think Jaron Hall, he's going to be an NFL guy. Maybe he's not going to be a first-round draft pick due to age and that type of stuff, but he's an NFL guy. There's some thought that a guy like Jacob Conover still has plenty of ability to accomplish getting to the NFL at some point. What BYU is rebuilding, folks, is they're rebuilding what they had in the late 70s and 80s when they were putting quarterback after quarterback into the NFL. These are the glory days relived if you're a BYU football fan in terms of quarterback play. Enjoy them. And if Jackson Dart thinks that BYU is where he wants to be, well, guess what? Better days, even, even better days than what we're already experiencing right now are potentially on the horizon. That should excite you as a BYU fan, but let me be very clear in my belief that I do not think Jackson Dart ends up at BYU. I think he ends up, if I had to say between Oklahoma and Ole Miss, with Ole Miss visiting him at his house here in Utah, I would venture to say that Lane Kiffin has got the edge here. Ole Miss has got the edge, but you can't count anything out until the fat lady sings. So... There you go. My thoughts on that. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll round out today's show. Get to the rest of what happened in BYU sports yesterday. Women's hoops on a quick turnaround and a rematch against San Diego at the Marriott Center. We'll recap how that went. We'll catch up on how men's golf did in the first couple of rounds of action down in Arizona. Also, some weekly awards. Big Foos getting honored again by the West Coast Conference. We'll get to all of that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Get Upside. They've got an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Our listeners are earning cash back for every single gallon of gas they buy every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code SCORE for $0.25 per gallon or more on your first fill-up. That's cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code SCORE for $0.25 per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars or $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash gets added right back to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use that promo code SCORE to get $0.25 per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's promo code SCORE with the Get Upside app. 
Today's podcast is brought to you by one of our great local sponsors in Intercap Lending. There is a reason that no lender helps more families in Utah with their mortgage needs than Intercap. And simply put, Intercap Lending gets deals done. They feature a quick and simple process. Intercap closes loans two weeks faster than the industry average. And although fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process for you, the consumer. Many of you probably have seen the inflation numbers and the expected hikes in mortgage rates from the Fed. Well, if you want to capitalize on your opportunity to get a low rate before they go up too high, take advantage now. Get to Intercap Lending and talk with Steve Carter. Steve Carter is locked on Cougar's personal loan officer with Intercap Lending. He's delivered that stellar service that Intercap has known for to hundreds of locked on listeners so far, and he'd love to help you guys out. And the best part is, Intercap is new to Locked On Cougars podcast relatively, but it's not a new company. They've been assisting customers with all of their mortgage needs since 1978. That is 44 years of experience behind this company. And Steve Carter has been providing Locked On listeners with that same great experience since 2018. Intercap is headquartered in Utah, but they are licensed to help with all of your mortgage needs in more than 40 states. So if you live outside Utah, they can still help you guys out. Give Steve a call. I'd love to answer your questions. His direct line, 385-800-8528. That's 385 385- 800-8528. I promise you will not find a more responsive loan officer than Steve Carter. Or you can go online to learn more, www.intercaplending.com. Call Steve once again, 385-800-8528. That's Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. Before we go on this Tuesday edition of the show, let's catch you guys up on the other BYU news out there. Let's start off with the women's basketball team. They tied their program high in terms of their highest ranking ever in the top 25 by reaching number 16 in the AP top 25 earlier yesterday. Very cool to see this. They had obviously reached 16 earlier on this season. They are now 15-1 and on the season by virtue of a dominant 70-48 to win over San Diego last night. Excuse me, 16-1. I apologize. They were 15-1 going into that game. Now 16-1, a perfect 6-0 in West Coast Conference play. This BYU women's basketball squad, my friends, is absolutely just lighting it up. Shaylee Gonzalez led the Cougars once again with 20 points in this game. Lauren Gustin with another double-double of 10 points and 13 rebounds. And Paisley Harding adding another 16 points. BYU just taking care of business on a quick turnaround against San Diego. They had faced off, obviously, down at the Slim Gym at Jenny Craig Pavilion on Saturday. BYU doesn't practice on Sunday, so I would assume that their game plan going into this was similar to the one on Saturday. They just kind of said, okay, let's go out there and get it done, and that's exactly what they did. That is the mark of a very steady program who knows what they are, plays the way that they're supposed to play, and that consistency. It is fun to watch this team get work done. They are just absolutely lights out. They play a fun style of basketball, and congratulations to Jeff Judkins and his team. Uh, the more impressive part is they get it on the defensive end of the court. They held San Diego in this game yesterday to 36.8% shooting overall, just 8.3%. One of 12 from beyond the arc were the Toreros. Very, very impressive showing. Congratulations, Jeff Judkins and his squad. They are going to be a high seed in the NCAA tournament. They're similar to the men's team. Just waiting to see where they get seated. They're back in action. They have two more home games this week. They host Santa Clara on Thursday and also take on USF San Francisco on Saturday. Both of those games at the Marriott Center. We'll have more on that later on this week. On the men's side of things, on men's basketball, Foose Traore was honored with his third uh, Freshman of the Week award from the West Coast Conference. He was named Co-Freshman of the Year, sharing the honor with Gonzaga's Chet Holmgren. Traore wins the weekly award for the third time this season. He's also got a, a West Coast Conference play 
Player of the Week award. Very, very impressive. Big Foose, man. He is a ton of fun to watch. In West Coast Conference play, he is averaging nearly a double-double with 10.8 points and 9.8 rebounds per game while shooting 64.3% from the field. It's incredible to think where he uh, was before the season began and some of the intrigue about him to what he is doing right now, folks. Very, very impressive. Congratulations to Big Foose. Very fun to see him get that honor. Uh, The awards did not stop there. Congratulations to two BYU women's gymnastics stars. Sadie uh, Sadie Minor Van Tassel, if I can get that out of my mouth, was named as Gymnast of the Week for the second week in a row. Along with that award, she also received a shared honor for Vault Specialist of the Week with teammate Lexi Griffith and SUU's Caitlin Coe for those weekly awards. They lost that uh, meet against SUU last week, but Minor Van Tassel just got it done. She competed in all around for the meet against SUU, notching a total score of 39.100 to win MRGC Gymnast of the Week honors for the second straight week. Very cool to see this in BYU. They're back at it. They host Utah State uh, Friday night at the Smith Fieldhouse. It's going to be televised on BYU TV, I believe. Be looking forward to that, and obviously, we'll see how things shake out. Uh, one thing I should acknowledge uh, yesterday's podcast, for I to acknowledge this earlier, I thought BYU's going to be in the top 25 on the men's side of things. The fact that they moved up only one spot to number 26, I think is just a travesty and a farce. This team is very much deserving of being in the top 25. I do know, I don't know what the national pollsters are thinking, but apparently my belief in the Cougars and their ability to move up in the rankings after seeing, I believe it was four teams in that uh, 19 to 25 range. They did not uh, win on the weekend in men's basketball. I thought BYU would move up naturally into that, but Alas, it was not meant to be. So maybe next week, maybe next week, the men's team, if they take care of business this week, they will be able uh, to get into that top 25. I'd love nothing more than to talk about it, but we'll see what happens. I just, I don't know. Maybe I was thinking uh, too far ahead, and I apologize if I got you guys thinking a little too highly about that, but I still felt like BYU should have been in the rankings, but alas, it was not meant to be, and we'll have to wait for another week to see BYU make their re-debut in the top 25. All right, last thing before we go here is the men's golf program there playing in the Arizona Intercollegiate, and actually a good first couple of rounds for BYU, all things considered. Uh, They're in fourth place going into the final round that'll be taking place today. The Cougars uh, finished day one, both rounds at seven under par. Host Arizona, though, is way out in front, 25 under on their home course at the Tucson Country Club. New Mexico is 14 under, followed by Arkansas at 12 under. Those three teams are all ranked Arizona 34th in the country, New Mexico 37th, Arkansas 5th. BYU is currently not ranked nationally, but they are one stroke ahead of Iowa State at that tournament. Hoping to see Bruce Brockbank and his squad have a fine showing. They were actually just two under after the first round, five under after the second round, so if they can go low again, you might see them sneak inside, what, that top three spot if Arkansas or New Mexico falters in the final round. That'll be playing out today down there at the Tucson Country Club. We'll have a full recap of how things go on tomorrow's podcast. All right, two last things before we go here. Some minor transfer portal news. Two walk-ons to the BYU football program entered their name into the NCAA transfer portal. This is news you guys aren't going to find anywhere else other than this podcast. Wes Wright, a former walk-on from Manti High School and Snow College. Uh, He has entered the NCAA transfer portal. He found himself in a little bit of hot 
water. Some of you might recall last off season with some comments he made on social media. Well, he sat out this past season. I, I don't know if that was necessarily the reason he sat out, but he's entered his name into the NCAA transfer portal to see what options might be available to him in terms of his playing career. We'll see what happens. Also, Jalen Vickers, a former walk-on from East High School, a guy that I thought had an opportunity to really show what he could do if he was able to stick with the program, but got married, had a son, had some issues that forced him to step away from the field. Jalen Vickers has also entered his name into the NCAA transfer portal. So best of luck to both of those young men as they try and find what the next step is going to be in their playing career. I know Kalani will do his absolute best to find the best spot for them. Even if it is staying at BYU, Kalani has been very open and honest about making sure that guys have a good collegiate football experience, no matter if it ends up finishing out at BYU or if they have to go elsewhere to play. Both of these guys are capable of playing. Wes Wright, many of you will recall, has that dancing gif on uh, social media. Uh, he's a viral sensation in that regard. And Jalen Vickers, I thought he was more than a capable defensive back coming out of the prep ranks. So I think both of them, as defensive back prospects, should be able to find a landing spot for themselves. But we'll have to wait and see any news I hear on that. I'll be happy to pass along to you. And the very last thing before we go, here's a shout out to my guy, Vi. Uh, Fiso number three, as I called him on yesterday's podcast. I gave him a shout out yesterday. He was having the time of his life, apparently, telling his brothers that he was on, quote, BYU Radio. So, Vi, congratulations, man. You're my homie for life. You are a legendary BYU fan who is up and coming. The Fiso family, just overall, incredible family and just an incredible uh just dedication that that family has to BYU athletics. Very admirable. And Vi, now that I know your name, you're getting another shout out on today's edition of Locked on Cougar. So thank you once again, everybody, for making us your first listen of the day. Hope you all are doing great whenever you hear this. Want to encourage you guys now to get over and locked uh, check out Locked on Bets. That should be your second lesson here. Your boy Q and Lee Sterling host that show. It's your daily one-stop shop for all the betting news you guys need to know about. It is free and available on all podcasting platforms. Would encourage you guys to give that a shot once you round it out here. All right, that'll do it. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for January 25th, 2022.